Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Nikki. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete. Welcome back. Thank you. I, I apologize. I, I apology. I apology for my tardiness. <laughs> well, you've been sick. No need for apologies. Just, You're feeling better? Uh, yeah, totally. <clears throat> totally. Totally Good. better. Uh, you know, the lingering stupid cough, but uh, overall, just fine. So glad to be moving on from that we are nonsense. back. Yes. yes. Um, and so we are, <laughs> you know, um, do, you, do you know what happens when you do a show on overtalking and ADHD? You overtalk and you have ADHD still? Are you? <laughs> didn't you just accuse me of overtalking and having ADHD? Know. You know I have issues with that. <laughs> Judge, judgment. No, you get a lot of feedback. You get a oh, right. lot of yes. feedback and it stimulates a lot of conversation in all the channels. And so I'm really excited that we have this opportunity to do some feedback because we got some great feedback from people who have, have written in and shared their stories of both uh, overtalking, how they like to be spoken to when they're overtalking, how you mm-hmm. can gently... Uh, steer and guide uh, others and how you like to be guided yourself in these situations. So uh, I think that's very exciting. I do too. I am excited to dig into some of these thoughts and ideas. We haven't done done just a straight up feedback show in a long time. So might as well do it today. Um, That's right. uh, Before we do, head over to TakeControlADHD.com, get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list right there on the homepage, and we will send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest at TakeControlADHD, but if you really want to connect with us, join us on the ADHD Discord community. Super easy to jump in the general community right there in that chat channel. All you have to do is visit TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord, and you'll be whisked over to the general invitation and log in. But if you're looking for more, particularly if this show has ever touched you or helped you understand your relationship with ADHD in a new way, we invite you to support the show directly through Patreon. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting. With a few dollars a month, you can help guarantee that we continue to grow the show, add new features, and invest more heavily in our community. Visit patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. Let's do the show. All right, everybody, a few weeks ago, uh, we had this question, uh, and uh, it, it, it was, really I think came it from was, me. it was, what? 
The question came from me. Yeah, right. It came from you. And we posted it to others. I think it was as a result of the conversation that we had on the podcast. Yes, because I wanted to know more about how people felt uh, when someone said, you know, oh, I think you're talking too much or how do you want to be aware that maybe you're talking too much or going into too too much detail? Because I wanted to, to know more get more feedback from our listeners on on how to deal with this. I think when you're both the talker and the receiving end of being talked to. Mm-hmm. I think right? those are listeners. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's another way to There's put so it. Many. We, we have a lot of choices with how we frame certain certain concepts. True. So we... They're the listeners. They're listeners. They're speakers and listeners. And the, and the, the talking, I've been uh, incredibly hypersensitive about this. Over the last two weeks, I haven't been speaking mm-hmm. a lot because I've been sick. But the uh, just the nature of having had this conversation um, is has given me and my anxiety a lot to think about. And so whenever I open my mouth with anybody, I'm constantly thinking I should shut up now, which means as a result, I think I've spoken less in the last two weeks than I than I would have um, and and probably missed some opportunities to have good conversations uh, as a result, which is it's just an interesting yeah. thing, like that sense of words. Don't worry, Nikki. Don't worry. That will okay, wear good. off. Like Thank you. I'll be back to normal glad. in no time. Um, yeah. So we got because some... this is not about changing who no. you are. I mean, we don't want people to think. I don't want people to walk away thinking the way that you just described. Right. It's hard not to. Right. Because I mean, it is hard not to. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't want you to think that you have to change. No. Because you don't. You don't, Pete, and neither do our listeners. No. Because that's absolutely true. But what we do something. have is some uh, some subtle uh, thoughts, insights, and requests on mm-hmm. how to handle the overtalking thing. And so uh, how do you, like, we have these broken up in, in areas. How yeah. would you like to approach these? How about we just, you know, each one, each person takes a uh, comment and we can talk about it. So I can go first. Why don't you go first? Yeah. So this comment uh, says they, in their household, they use the word squirrel as a shortcut to say this conversation is too much or I'm sorry, but I'm no longer listening or this tangent needs to be wrapped up to refocus. My husband and I both use it on each other. We both understand it's about the other person having reached their info threshold. Neither of us get offended. So a couple of things there I wanted to say and point out, first of all, is great communication between uh, this person and their husband, Mm -hmm. because I think it's awesome that you guys both can see, okay, this is an issue for both of us. We're not going to take it personally. All we have to do is say this word and we kind of know what's happening. Mm -hmm. So just not only, just not even about the talking too much, but just that they have this like communication between them on how to uh, help each other. Mm-hmm. I just that's great. I just think that's a really positive thing. Yeah, and it sounds like this one is really about talking talking to each other. And some of the mm-hmm. these other, you know, suggestions and thoughts are about talking in a group or in public or, you know, having somebody help you when they notice you're talking too much. This one in particular I like a lot because and and I really resonate with it because when I go into fireworks brain, there's only so much I can take whether or not my right. wife is is, you know, over-talking or or just kind of doing a, a core dump uh, on me, I feel like that is, it's something for me to be able to say that's that's nice and non-judgmental in a way that says I've reached capacity. I have mm-hmm. to take a break. We can come back, but right now I have to take a break. 
Uh, I think that's really lovely. We have Mm -hmm. uh, the next one. It's helpful to have someone who can give your hand a squeeze or give a wink or a code word. It feels good to have a partner to help steer you away from the potential social anxiety shame spiral that comes with over-talking. An over-talking safe word. Who knew? Who knew? Mm -hmm. But what a great idea in a social situation, though. Like, if you know that this is a habit or something that you are concerned about, and again, your partner is working with you and not making you feel bad about Mm -hmm. it, right? Um, What a, what (laughs) I can totally see my husband like squeezing my hand. Like, I may not talk too much, but I talk loud. Mm -hmm. So he might be like squeezing my hand just to tell me that I, I'm too loud. <laughs> what, what, does he Lower have? A, does he have a code word? What's your husband's code word? He doesn't have one. Well, this is a great opportunity. Yeah. Let's make it asparagus. He probably likes asparagus. That's probably a problem. All right. Well, we're going to brainstorm mm-hmm. on this. We'll noodle this. Okay. We'll come back for a, a code word you guys can use together. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that's it. I think the, the big problem with, with this one for me is the social anxiety shame spiral. But this is self-imposed. Um, you know, for me, I usually am really good about making myself feel bad about something like this. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I think that that takes mindfulness and practice and, you know, come, not being so hard on yourself. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, right. Well, because that's that's again. OK, going back to what we just said before we even started these um, quotes is you know, not wanting, we're not saying we should, we should change. And we also don't want you to feel bad about talking because you are probably your worst critic. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important is that how, what you think people are thinking is, is probably really what they're not thinking, but we kind of can, with our anxieties, we kind of make up the worst case scenario. Right. And and so keeping that in check. And, and here we're, we're saying out loud, don't change, don't go change. Right. And yet some of this guidance is here are tools to help you change a little bit, like in the moment right, right now, help you change to save you embarrassment, to save you whatever. Right. So it's it, this is that kind of catch 22 to change, mm-hmm. no change, change without changing, mm-hmm. change, don't yeah. change. Without without shame, without, without shame, without right. feeling like you're doing something wrong. And and I think this yeah. goes back to just setting up the standard beforehand, not like in the moment when everybody right. starts noticing and getting frustrated and you don't notice yourself, like saying, hey, partner, this is what I need from you in social situations. And it's OK. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to accept it with grace and understanding for you to say or squeeze or whatever um, to make me. To, mm-hmm. to help me understand my place in that social dynamic if I'm not understanding it. Yeah. Set it up before. So here's another suggestion that is very good. When I'm in a group and I feel like I have said too much or I'm getting too excitable and want to say all the things, I sit on my <laughs> hands. It's a physical reminder that gives me even just the briefest moment to remember that other people are interesting too. That's great. Yeah. Sit on my hands. What a nice physical thing to do to kind of just keep yourself grounded. Okay. So these physical tricks, I think, are really handy. When my dad quit smoking, Mm -hmm. he had he was a rubber band guy. Right. Are you familiar Mm -hmm. with the rubber band people? Rubber band people. Have you ever been a rubber band person yourself? Well, don't they like like you're you're for pause, like to pause for a moment or something like that? Yeah, you, it's like you, a gentle, yeah, you take a, a big uh, rubber band, you wrap it a few times around your neck until you can't, no, you oh put gosh. it on your wrist. I was like, what you, are you talking about? 
<laughs> you put it on your wrist, and for him, every time he wanted a cigarette, he would just snap it, right? He would snap it on his wrist, and it would give him that. And didn't he eat a lot of Butterfingers, too? So many Butterfingers. He gained like 40 pounds and had to go back to the same quit center and use the rubber band against Butterfingers then. it was This is a grotesque story that'll be for later in the, the after show. So, okay. um, so he... <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you sign up, become a member because you can hear the goods in the after show. Um, <laughs> so this the, I, I don't I'm not familiar, uh, completely familiar with the, the stimulus response that the rubber band in particular is supposed to do. But I know that it's like when you have a craving for him, he would snap the rubber band and that slight shock of a little bit of pain would be the reminder and enough of a distraction that he would be able to to, you know, change context or change gears or distract himself enough and remind himself that uh, smoking is a bad thing for him. And so that that's how he handled it. There is something about changing your physical context in such a way that reminds you uh, about a behavior that you're trying to change in yourself. And so I don't know that I'm necessarily a um, big proponent of the rubber band plan. I'd probably mm-hmm. need to review a little bit more about it. The only one thing <laughs> I remember is it felt like a punishment when I was watching my dad do it. And I don't care for that. Right. But I do love the idea of changing something physically about your, yeah. about your state to remind well, you. Well, and what comes to my mind is not so much the rubber band theory, but I can see if you're in a social situation and maybe you can't sit down because you can't, you know, you're standing mm-hmm. is to have some kind of fidget like in your pocket. Right. Because that could also be sort of a reminder of like holding on to something as you're waiting to speak. So yes. just another kind of physical thing that, OK, I'm going to hold on to this little rock or this little thing that I've got in my pocket. And that's also kind of the reminder of of that give and take of passing the ball. Yeah. Right. That we talked about in the original show um, of who's talking and who's listening. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, All right. Okay. Uh, Number four, I give people permission to stop me if they feel I've drifted and they're not following or interested. This usually saves me and them a lot of embarrassment and discomfort. What do you think of that? I think it's great. I mean, I think especially with people that you know really well and that you love and trust and, and, you know, I can totally see my, uh, one of my family members saying, Hey, okay, if I'm getting too long-winded, let me know. Like, I think that's a great thing to do is to give that other person a permission to Mm -hmm. say, okay, can I, I understand those details where, where are we heading? What, you know, whatever, without being mean or um, feeling judged about it. So I I like it. I I do. A lot of these are, um, are are super useful in specific contexts. This one I struggle with coming out of a, a big social context where I normally would be like with a bunch of people. Who's with right, I see it anymore, mean more one-on-one. Yeah, on one. like one-on-one, on one, like with closer With someone that you're really close with. I wouldn't go yeah. into a, you know, a party where I don't know very many people and say, hey, right. stop me when I start if over-talking. I, I totally, yeah. totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is definitely more of that one-on-one yeah. one people that know you really well right. and get it and understand why you're saying it in the first place. Let's talk about talking too much, though. Yeah, this is a trigger. And this is what this says. The phrase talking too much seems to be the trigger. So we want to be careful on how we uh, phrase it with other people. And I think that that's, this is true. I mean, this is definitely uh, where people get defensive. And I had gotten another comment from a listener saying that, you know, they still remember um, a time where someone told them that they were talking too much or 
I think they said babbling too much and that really hurt them. Oh, that's when, the worst word. Yeah, <sighs> when they were saying that. So I do think um, you know, this is that for, from, from the listener's point of view, we do want to be very careful that we just don't say, oh my gosh, really? Here you go again, you know, or making that person feel bad. Um, so this was interesting. They had an example of if you're getting too many details that aren't relevant to the bigger picture, it may be, or it may help to interrupt and let the other person know you're receiving too many extra details and it's becoming hard to follow the main plot of the story, which you very much want to hear and understand. That's a lot of words to say to someone and to remember to say to someone. But I think that, um, you know, where I take this is that, okay, I'm listening to something and they're kind of going into more detail. I could, I could see myself maybe asking a question, like to kind of stop them from going into the detail and redirecting them to, oh, okay. So that makes sense that, you know, you're at the dog park and you're having this conversation with this person, but what happened to the dog? Like, you know, kind of redirecting them to whatever the the story was. Yeah. Instead of the details of the dog owner, we're going back to, oh, so the dogs got along. Yeah. Which happens all the time in my stories. Like I'll, you know, if I'm, if I'm really getting into the story, sometimes the drama gets ahead of me and I forget the dog. Don't right. forget the dog. And all the details. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to take a step back because you use the word babbling. And I'm, I want to just reflect on that because I have an immediate, such an immediate negative reaction to that word. Well, and that's what that's the word that the listener used. And yeah. that's yeah. So where is that coming from? Talk about that. I don't know. It's just such a shame loaded word to me. Like, yeah, I, I can't get to the other side of it. It's like, because it's different. That's, that to me is different than over-talking because it's a word somebody would use, would weaponize and use against you or you're using it about yourself right? because it has been weaponized against you before. Because it almost insinuates that what you're saying doesn't matter. Yeah. Or it's not important. Yes. You might that's as well just be making that's... sound. Like you might right. as well like just be just... making syllables. Yeah. No, that's a really good distinction. And that's probably why it hurt that person as much as it did is because it felt, you know, not only are you hurt that they're saying something about it, but you're offended too, because you don't feel heard. Yeah. And we want to be heard. We want to be heard. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, Okay. Suggestions for kids and families. So the first uh, tip here that we, we, that we received from, um, one of our listeners is that that ball that tossing that ball thing um and i and i love this idea so this is somebody that uh they were saying that you know you have that ball that represents a non-verbal cue that they're talking too much or the act of shifting their focus uh so i think you know especially if you have young kids and you're at the dinner table and you're trying to kind of figure out you know everybody you want everyone to have a a voice and be able to be um have that time to talk right i think it's cool like here okay you're you've got the the potato right now <laughs> the, yeah, shock the shock potato right now yeah as soon as it shocks you you, you, you have to stop talk. talking <laughs> right and now it's your sister's turn and now it's your dad's turn and so it kind of helps maybe curb so that a little bit i i have a can i i have another bit of a sidebar do you mind yeah. On this related, do you see? So in the video, if if you remember live chat, you would see this. Do you see what this is? I, I see it. I don't know what it is. So this is a top, a spinning top. 
right? Top, and okay, the, right. The design of this top is identical to the top that Leonardo DiCaprio used in Inception, the movie Inception. Okay. And he used it as a thing where if the top, if he spins the top and it falls over, he knows that he's in the real world. And if he spins it and he do, it doesn't fall over, then he knows that he's in, the, in a dream or in a dream in a dream. You know, that's what Inception was all about. It was this crazy mm-hmm. dream thing. So we used to have a thing in college when I was in a group and we had a spinning top that we would spin. And as soon as the top was over, you had to finish your point like you were done. And it was and it, your point was only as good as your ability to spin this top. And sometimes you might have a minute. Sometimes you'd have five seconds and you're done. Like that was the rule. So I, I was so excited to find this top because this top, the Inception top, this one in particular has a little gyroscope in it and it will never stop spinning. It is a battery-powered little gyro that spins. And so, so I have <laughs> it in my office so that I get to use it and then I can talk forever. <laughs> of course. <laughs> anyway, you can just that's keep a total talking. sidebar. But yeah. <laughs> it is it is one of those things. Like the top, the spinning top thing is a neat trick for like families. If you struggle with this, if there are multiple people in the family who struggle with over-talking mm-hmm. over uh, and you, you spin it, um, you know, you, your time is impacted. And if everybody agrees on the rule set, this is, that's a nice way to kind of build in a culture of learning to make your points more quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. Well, and, and this last, uh, tip I think, um, which is pretty cool is take time practicing appropriate conversations and conversation links. Try using conversation cards as prompts to use in practice. So, uh, you know, it's easier and that it's easier to practice a situation, you know, with a child and explain kind of what you've observed. But I think it's also like, it's a family thing. So everybody's doing it. It's not mm-hmm. just on the child, right? Like everybody has a conversation card. We're all have like two minutes to talk about this. Again, it's like all of these ideas that we've talked about is, is putting a limit on it and getting them, um, comfortable with that time and being able to be more concise, but it's a whole family affair. I don't think it's, you know, we don't want to point anybody out either. No, we really don't. Um, I think that's, that's where it gets dangerous. The, the rules that are applied in a microculture, like a family have to be applied evenly. Right. Right. Like this is that, that's what it is. And, and uh, I I think that that's what makes the culture whole and healthy. And yes, it's okay to acknowledge that the rules end up uh, affecting everybody differently, whether you're living with ADHD, some degree of ADHD on the spectrum or not. Right, but it's, right. it's even like it's it's absolutely fair. it's all about communication. Yeah, right? right. So uh, so one last idea that came through from uh, one of my coaching with Nikki sessions mm-hmm. last month, we were talking about this topic and some of the frustrations that people were feeling. And uh, this idea or this uh, suggestion actually came up uh, with using Jenga. Remember that, oh, that building yeah. the box, the blocks thing, and you try to build it as high as you can. So what you do is you stick conversation starters on each block and set it up as normal. And then you explain to the family ahead of time that everyone will get a turn going around the table to choose a block from the tower and everyone gets a chance to talk on their turn. And then Jenga at the dinner table you know, it may not be for everyone, mm-hmm. right? Because I know we, a lot of times we say no phones, no games, whatever. But um, 
it could be kind of a fun thing to do every once in a while is to, you know, get these little, get Jenga out, put some conversation starters and make it a fun thing, a fun, a fun game. So not only are you communicating with your family more, which is awesome, but you're learning, you know, great communication skills by keeping things more concise and uh it's fun and the deal is you have to pack a bag everybody brings a bag and if you lose jenga you have to leave the family and move out that's it no pete what no then why do we play games if the stakes aren't (laughs) there that is not what we do you, you know, you maybe maybe make them be the ones that like cut up they the have to cake. Cl- they have to for clean, dessert clean or something. They have to yeah. do the dishes. Somebody who loses jenga has to But do they the don't dishes. get to they don't have to leave. No. <laughs> have to move out. All right. So that's it. If yeah. you guys have any other suggestions or comments, you know, please bring them uh, to our attention. Go into Discord. We have lots of different channels uh, to chat about these kinds of topics and other things, too. So come check us out. So much more. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening. This was a short show. This is a quickie. Yeah. We did good. Yeah. This is like old school. ADHD podcast. That's Uh, right. We sure appreciate all of you for downloading and listening to this show. Thank you for your time and your attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute, head over to the Show Talk channel. Uh, That's where we're going to be. All you have to do is become a patron at the deluxe level or higher on behalf of Nikki Kinzer and all the proud ADHD overtalkers everywhere. I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. (music) 